But First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Welcome back to But First Stretch. And if it's your first time listening, I'm so glad that you are joining me. If you're liking what you're hearing, please write a review or follow me on iTunes or Spotify. And if this episode speaks to someone that you know, definitely share it with a friend. Our community member of the week on But First Stretch is Amanda Collette. I met Amanda at Philadelphia Runner. Philadelphia Runner sponsored my Yoga for Athletes workshop I do every year with Coach Christy Campbell. In fact, I just bought some extra buffs to have on hand from Philadelphia Runner. Amanda loves running, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. Amanda is someone that I've been following on social media for a while now, both on Instagram and Strava. And by the way, if you're not a runner or a cyclist or even a dedicated walker, Strava is an app where you can track your runs in a social way. So basically, your Garmin or your iPhone uploads your runs to Strava, and you can comment on people and check out what all your friends are doing. Amanda is a graduate from the University of the Arts in Philadelphia and got her start in running by participating in the 2009 Broad Street Run, which interestingly enough was my first Broad Street Run as well. Amanda is involved in Students Run Philly Style and is an active participant of Chasing Trail, The November Project, and more. We're going to look into all the amazing things that she does in this episode. Amanda supports Philadelphia Runner and Fitness for All People, which she really highlights in this episode. I feel that Amanda is such a great person to have on But First Stretch. I know that I have been influenced by her, and I hope you can take away something amazing too. So let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. The first portion of the podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guests. Hi, Amanda. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for being on this episode today. I am so excited to be here. It's nice to chat with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background? Where are you from? And how did you get into fitness and running? Sure. Uh, I'm actually not from Philadelphia originally. I'm from um, the Baltimore, D.C. area down in Maryland, And then I moved to Pennsylvania, I moved to Pittsburgh in high school and wound up out in Philly for college. So I've been out here for about 22 years, actually. Um, Loved Philadelphia, fell absolutely in love with the city. Thought it was just a pit stop in my, like, life, but it's become a permanent stop. Um, And after I graduated from school, I I I have a bachelor's degree in acting and theater. So that's what I did um, for a few years in Philly and was working like the restaurant job and like retail and all that kind of stuff to make everything meet. And, uh, I wound up going back to work for my alma mater, the university of the arts in their college admissions program, recruiting students for the school and, you know, decided to make a a switch to working in in universities and nonprofits for a career, uh, while I was there. And I also started working out a lot more 
Um, so I have a background in dance and movement and that kind of stuff, but it, you know, was, I never played a sport. I was terribly uncoordinated. So like the solo stuff was great. Um, but I was working out at a gym in town and the, this woman who taught a lot of the classes I was taking, like the body pump style classes, things like that said, Oh, you should sign up for the broad street run. And I was like, Oh, what's that? 10 miles. No way. Running is the awful. Like I hate it. Um, but she's like, no, no, like you run to this gym, to the workouts. Like I could see you doing it. So that was back in 2009 when you could still just sign up for the race. You didn't have to do the lottery or anything like that. And, um, so I signed up for it and ran mostly indoors. I didn't really understand the concept of running outdoors for training. Um, did a couple like longer runs outdoors. Um, but really didn't know what I was doing, showed up for the race and it was raining. And I was like, okay, whatever, we'll just do this. Um, and that, that spring, my mother had been diagnosed with lymphoma. And so I was like, oh, you know, like I'm going to keep training cause she's going through treatment and I'm going to, you know, try to be strong for her. And next year she'll be at this finish line to see me finish cause she couldn't, she couldn't come up, uh, to see it. And unfortunately she passed away that summer, but running kind of linked me to this kind of, I felt very empowered afterwards. And so I thought, oh, well, this is like a way to feel healthy and empowered. Um, and so every year I would run the Broad Street Run. That was the only thing I ran. Um, just because I thought like, this is the run I have to do every year as part of that tradition. And while I was doing the Broad Street Run, I, I noticed these young people, um, some of them very young looking in these blue shirts. And I was like, who, who are these young people? Like I'm 30 years old and running and hating this. And they're like 12 and 13 year olds, these kids running. Um, and it turns out they were students run Philly style. So I learned about that program and in 2012 became a mentor with the program and realized when I was around these like really inspirational students and then also like-minded adults that I really enjoyed running and that kind of fitness. Very long answer. No, I love that. And it's so funny. I think I ran Broad Street in 2009 as well, and there was no lottery. I think that was my first time yeah. running, too. <laughs> yeah. And they said, they, I, had, I had Blue Cross as my insurer, and they would send you, after the race, a pair of socks in the mail, yeah. which I still have. <laughs> um, so can you explain what your current job position is right now? Sure. So... So you and I met actually at the King of Prussia Mall. I was the store manager for Philadelphia Runners' fifth location, which they opened in November of 2019 out at the mall, um, which is kind of a funny way that I got involved with them. I was a longtime customer and then was, would help them out at special events and, and uh, just kind of got tapped when they decided to open that location to help them get it up and running and kind of get the store situated. So up until COVID when all this stuff hit and we had to shut things down, I was working for them as, as one of their managers and, um, they are, you know, an exceptional company. They have a strong community commitment to the concept of movement and, and helping people move, get moving, whether it's walking, running, multi-sport, uh, they really do want to support the community. I had gotten to know the ownership actually from working for students run Philly style, um, I spent four years working for them as their community partnerships manager, which was essentially fundraising for the organization and the uh, founders and owners of Philadelphia Runner on the board at Students Run Philly Style. So they they opened their doors in 2004, which is the same year that Students Run Philly Style was created. 
And so we have this like really nice history that the two organizations and, and um, Philadelphia Runner has been instrumental in helping the organization grow and keep the students, um, you know, well equipped in terms of shoes and other fun things that come from a run specialty store, but also helping with training and, you know, building the audience that can support an organization like Students Run. So that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. I'm now, you know, retail is kind of a, a murky landscape right now. Um, and Philadelphia Runner is, you know, working hard to, to do everything they can. But I'm personally kind of in the realm of looking to see what other opportunities might be out there just in, in case, you know, Philadelphia Runner, for whatever reason, can't really work out. Yeah, and what has been the most rewarding part of working in the fitness running environment? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say, I, I'd say this, um, just in general, the running community is like one of the greatest community of folks I've ever gotten to know. Um, folks are very kind and welcoming and, you know, what's nice about Philadelphia Runner is they've worked so hard to create this space where people can feel comfortable coming in, whether you are someone who might qualify for an Olympic trial or you're someone who can't imagine yourself running around the block. And, and I think that it's important that we have places like that and spaces like that for people um, so that you can, everyone can find their individual love for something that's movement-related. Re- and what was fun about being at the mall is we saw you know, a variety of folks coming in, um, whether they were just like the casual shopper or, and they stumbled in or someone who worked in an office park nearby or someone who you know, worked for a studio or something nearby that wanted to build that relationship. And, and it was nice because you could see people go from that, I'm not sure what I need or what I, I want, to that, that feeling of empowerment and comfort with their own movement. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk this spring and this summer about, you know, what is the fitness community and what does it look like and who is invited. And, and so I think what's nice is being able to be part of a company that at least is committed to inviting everyone to that table and trying to make sure there's a space for folks um, that you don't have to fit a particular mold or a particular look. And there is certainly, like, again, room for those folks who, like, running is, has been a part of their lives forever and folks who are, you know, 50, 60 years old and, like, I really want to start to do something for myself that's movement-related. And, and I think that that's important, and that's probably one of the best things about working for a company like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know recently they've done a lot for social justice in the world, mm-hmm. which their stance coming out on that is so important, and it's definitely appreciated in the running community. Sure. And, you know, I mean, there are a lot of folks who have um, who have places and, and things to say about that. And what's nice about Philadelphia Runner is that I, I feel like they are ingrained enough in the community that they can lift up voices that may be a little bit more expert than they are, you know, have a little bit more of that expertise or agency. Um, but they certainly are committed to at least starting that work and, and trying to be part of it. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what can happen out of that. I just think like most of us every day is a different challenge in navigating this COVID world. Right. And so it's hard to know what fun things might happen. Um, you know, I, I don't think the store expected uh, you know, three days before they were planning to reopen downtown, having looting happen, you know, like this. And, the, you know, it happened and no one was hurt and it's stuff is stuff, like stuff can be replaced. But I, I think it's just like one of the, you never know what's going to happen. And so um, what's, what's nice about running in the running community is you learn how to be adaptable. You could be out on that race course and 
something goes completely wrong and you just have to roll with it because you still got to get to that finish line, right? And I think it's like that same thing of you got to keep moving forward or else you're going to get stuck. Yeah, I love that analogy. Um, what's been the most challenging part of your job? Uh, you know, I, I think um, there are, I'll say this. There weren't a lot of challenges. Per, I personally felt if you're a runner just because I think they've created a nice structure. I think sometimes um, – you know, customer service always has folks who just are not happy with anything. We were fortunate we didn't have a ton of that. Um, I think when you work in a small business, and you, I'm sure, can understand this, um, it's just a lot of work, you know? Like, we, the mall has extremely extended hours in, in the holidays, and so I would sometimes work 16, 17-hour days, and that was just the way it was, because even once the store closed, I still had to look at the schedule and make sure we had folks you know, working all the hours we needed and, and making sure things were communicated. It was really cool to be able to train a, a completely new staff at that store, but it was a big challenge on them and they all like stood up to it. They were completely new to the company. So getting everyone ready and on board um, within a few weeks of Thanksgiving was challenging and super rewarding. And I just think the staff at the store were great. Um, the ownership and the management of, of Philadelphia Runner was really great too and making sure we were set up um, but yeah, I mean, I think challenges are always those folks who just want to push back, who don't like like things to not be a certain way, um, and folks who just don't want to have an open mind. And I think that happens in a lot of ways, a lot of places, I should say. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to dive into the workout portion. Ooh. Um, how do you stay in shape? What is your motivation for fitness? So, um... I, uh, and my friends and my, my boyfriend will also say this, like I'm a creature of habit and I'm really good at following a schedule. So I'm often training for a race and that then creates my schedule. And in fact, I wrote a training plan last night to run a 50 K in the fall because I was supposed to run one this spring. It got pushed to the fall and now it's virtual. So I'm like, might as well just run it. Um, so yes, what motivates me is I, I'm not a, off the box per se person, but I do, I do like to look at a, a schedule and say, okay, I'm going to run six miles and eight miles, and this is a track workout, and kind of have that to motivate me to get up at four o'clock, four thirty in the morning sometimes. <laughs> um, but I also love the feeling, you know, like after a, a workout, even those days where you're sore or maybe it didn't go the way you planned, there's still that feeling of accomplishment. You can step back and say, I did that. Um, and I like that kind of, that kind of feeling. Um, but it, that feeling also translates into just feeling better, right? When you eat a little bit better and you keep yourself moving and those things, you just feel better about other stuff too. I feel like decision, I make better decisions in other ways, which is always good. Definitely with, so my boyfriend is a cyclist and, and he just rode a hundred miles this weekend. And so like, I know he's like insane, but he, you know, he's one of those people like we can both, you know, at the end of it, hard day where we have a hard workout where like we feel like we communicate better to each other too you know because our, our minds have been cleared and we're kind of in that that positive feeling space um but you know I like to feel strong I'm never going to be someone winning a race and I think it's important just to feel strong and empowered in yourself um and feeling like I can have a good training plan around that is is important that's awesome um do you have a favorite workout that you do? 
look like they might be falling apart, I recommend replacing those because it's not going to be fun getting out there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, too. That's a really good point. Mm. Yeah. Um, what's the hardest part for people when they decide they want to get into shape? I think sticking with it. And I've been there. You know, like you, you want to see, if like most of us, we want to see results really fast, right? You're like, oh, I want to, you know, be able to run a mile within a week, or I want to be able to lose five pounds in a week or something like that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, real change, and you can apply this to all kinds of things, real change takes time to set in, right? And so with my background in, in theater um, and that kind of expression and movement expression, I actually took a lot of yoga theory and then yoga practice, not uh, from the physical fitness side, but more from the spiritual side. Mm. And so being able to, to understand that any sort of habit like that is truly a practice and you're always practicing, even as you um, get better and better, as you gain more skill, there's still always that element of I'm in practice for this. And so I think if you can adapt your mindset to say this is always going to be a practice, um, then I think you can stick with it. You kind of have to look at it as like you take it in stages. That's why I say don't try to start with a, running a whole mile first. Start with trying to run one or two blocks. Give yourself a break and then keep going, you know? Yeah, I love that. I think that it is easier just to be like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. Therefore, you know, I mean, another thing that can help, if you can find someone to help be a buddy with you, like mm -hmm. an accountability person, whether they can be in person or you guys check in over text or video or however you want to do that. Um, I've got a group of women that I was running with every week out here in, in the Roxborough area. And, of course, we can't do that now with, with COVID. So when, we when everything first shut down, we were testing each other multiple times throughout the day, like, hey, like sending pictures of our runs that we did by mm -hmm. ourselves and just trying to stay motivated that way. And um, it interestingly enough evolved into some of us meeting once a week to take uh, do quizzo together, like on a Saturday night, you know, mm -hmm. so finding people that you can, you can text and be like, hey, I ran three miles today, you know, and they're like, oh, I did too. And wasn't it so hot, you know, like it stunk or wasn't it a great day or something like that can really help too. Um, because then it feels like you have someone else to check in with. Right. I love that. I think that's my, I guess, new favorite thing in this year is like having that yeah. accountability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're involved with students uh, run Philly style and mm -hmm. what other running communities are you involved in? Um, well, so I'm I'm one of the leaders for a trail running group that meets out here in the Wissahickon called Chasing Trail, um, and it was actually started by my boyfriend and a couple other guys almost six years ago now. Um, I was at the first trail run. I'd never done trail running before. I thought it was terrifying because I'm that person that trips on nothing on the sidewalk, so I was like, oh, gosh, like, don't give me a trail. I'm going to fall on my face. Um, but my friend Wesley, like, asked a group of us to go out, and we did, and it was so darn fun it was like a week before the philly marathon and i was just like let's go do this in the wissahickon and out of that these guys said hey let's start a, a group that's like getting people into the trails like the wissahickon is here in the city and so many folks don't take advantage of it who who live in the city let's get let's create an inclusive kind of like anybody all paces you don't have to know what you're doing kind of space on sunday mornings and so um out of chasing trail we've met some great people 
we've gone to other places uh, and traveled with them to do runs. People have met each other, you know, and like that kind of thing. Um, when I was living in the city, I was very involved with November Project in Philadelphia um, and was there kind of from the start of that. And that's actually how Gary and I met um, on the Art Museum steps five, six years ago now. Um, so yeah, the November Project has been a, a big catalyst in terms of helping people kind of meet each other and, and different groups and stuff um, come together. And then, yeah, I, I work with I work out with Casey and then um, another group called the City Fit Girls, which is a running club that was started, I think, in 2014 now. And it's all women. And so they would meet in the city on Wednesday nights. Obviously, that's not happening, but they have like an online community that's going on. Um, and one of the co-founders has a strength club where she's taking women through like strength training and all kinds of things. So um, what's been interesting about being in this COVID life is now so many things are available online. I feel like people can discover stuff even if they're not able, they wouldn't be able to go to it in person normally, you know, and it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. I, there is like something to be said about the communities that are continuing and even forming over this. Yeah. 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 Um, can you tell um, people what the November project is? Because sure, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so November Project, uh, so it started up in Boston. Actually, it was two collegiate rowers at uh, Northeastern University who November. I'm not a rower, but November is their off season, and so they just started meeting up together at Harvard Stadium to challenge each other to work out. So again, talking about accountability, that was whole that wholly their thing. And some of their friends heard about it, and then people just started showing up to these workouts and it would be like running up and down the steps or the, the bleachers or, you know, a lot of body weight stuff. It's all like whatever was there, you know, they didn't bring equipment. It wasn't anything super formal like that. And all of a sudden they had all these people showing up. And so then people who were part of the original group started moving to other parts of the country and wanted to create that same experience in other cities. And before you know it, lots of other cities were looking at it. So Philadelphia was the 10th city to have an expansion. And it was the first one where someone just reached out to them and said, hey, I don't know you guys, but I want to create this in Philadelphia. And it was a woman named Sue Zolaire, and they partnered her with a guy named Dan who used to work out with them in Boston but now lived in Philly. And they got it going in here in Philly, and it's all just word of mouth, grassroots kind of. Um, and, it, you know, the organization's more formal now. They're a nonprofit, and they're international and, you know, all over the country. But basically you show up. And you work out hard for 45 minutes and you go away and we like spray paint our shirts and like, that's kind of like the thing, you know, and, and out of it, I mean, there's a, a big thing like, you know, their, their tagline is just show up because they want you to feel accountable to showing up to the group, you know? Um, but they also want people to feel like you don't have to have a particular background to show up that all, all people are welcome. And it's true. Like I thought you had to be super fit to do this thing. So I was terrified to go. So I was like, oh, there's no way. Like, I don't know if I can run up and down those stairs, the art museum. And I went, and they were so kind. It didn't matter. I mean, I was fine. You know, <laughs> I could have been the last person, like, five minutes behind everyone else, and it didn't matter because they were just, like, so glad, like, genuinely glad to have people there. It was freezing cold, and so you wanted to move. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, that was important, that mm -hmm. kind of create that, um, that uh, culture, you know, and that feeling, that community feeling was there. And so what was interesting is it, that was 2014, the beginning of 2014. And it was just a time in Philly where like all these other groups were kind of 
talking to each other and getting to know each other. And November Project became a place in Philadelphia for like different running clubs to come together. And like Philadelphia Runner was developing a lot of their community stuff. And so all of these people, we were all starting to talk to each other. And maybe we'd heard about each other on like Facebook or something or that. But now we were getting to see each other face to face and like sweating with each other and high fiving and all these things we can't do right now. <laughs> we're like, oh. um, and it was a really really nice time to to see things come out of that. But that's basically what November Project is right now. They're doing everything virtual, so Wednesdays and Fridays they're still posting online workouts for you to do on your own. Um, so that even though they're very much about in person meeting, you can still get involved. And you name a city, there's probably a chapter there. So, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, what is your favorite race to train for? Oh, man. So, I have two. Okay. Um, one is the Philadelphia Marathon. It was my first marathon, and I just love, like, that time of year is a great time of year to run a long-distance race. Um, and even with the course change that they made a few years ago, I just think it's a really fun race through the city, and, and I love the cycle of marathon training. But in the spring, every year, I run a race called the Caesar Rodney Half Marathon, which is down in Wilmington, Delaware. Mm. And it's been going on for 51 years. I think this would have been the 52nd year. They couldn't hold it this year. Um, it's usually in March. And it's just, a re it's hilly, which I like. I like hilly races. But the best part is, so the first half, you kind of run through Wilmington. You get to see their waterfront. It's nice. And then the second half, you go into this park, and you run uphill for, like, three miles. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. But then you go around this park and you come back down those hills. So it has like this fast finish with a little hill at the end. And you're just like, yes, like, <laughs> like this is great. So if you can like, it's a great race to use some strategy on. You can say, I'm going to slow down maybe on these hills, give myself a break and then just burn through the end. I, I mean, that's where my half marathon PR still sits. Like it's wow. such a great race. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully by March we can do group events again. We'll see. But Caesar Rodney, definitely look it up. It's like, supports the American Lung Association, so it has a nonprofit uh, that it supports, but it's also just been going on forever. So you see, like, the old head runners with their short shorts and, like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. And then you see, like, everyone in between. So, um, and then I know Casey talked about this when she was talking to you, but I love the Philly 10K, which is a newer race in the area, and it looks like they're going to do something virtual this year, which should be interesting. They're just a creative team over there. Um and if, you know, running in the city is not your thing, this year you could participate because it's not going to be in the city. It's going to be wherever you are. Um, so I would definitely check them out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you prefer to run in the fall or the spring? Um, you know, I do races in both. And so, and like, I'll, like time, like goal races in both. I definitely hate running in hot weather. I, ru I personally run hot. And so, um, I mean, I... I will run with a hydration vest for 10 miles in weather like this, you know, which seems excessive, but I will just sweat so much that I have to. So my preference is like for a fall race, probably I run year round though. Like I love running in the winter. I run in the summer because I love running, <laughs> but not because I love running in the heat. I have friends who love the heat. So I think I love the sunrise. So that means I get up early to see the sunrise in the summer, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel, I I don't know if it's just age, but I am enjoying winter running so yeah. much more than I ever thought I would. Like, I, it, that, I don't know if it's just, like, how I had my, like, when I had my children and I had to do more winter running in between, mm. but I love it. <laughs> 
it's incredible what, you know, I mean, it, it's hard sometimes in the winter because you'll get those really bitter days and that's mm-hmm. where you're like, how many layers can I wear and how much can I cover my face? You know, like, like, <laughs> just the eyeballs, um, right? And you're like, I can't feel my hands. Uh, but I don't know. I, I can't stand, stay outside very long after I run in the winter. Like I had to go indoors mm-hmm. and get off like all of that and put on something warm and dry. But I don't know. I do love winter running. Maybe it's shorter days. I don't know. I know. I know. Um, so where's the best place to run in the city? Well, you know, I, again, can't just have one place, so I am going to be a little biased. I'm half a mile from one of the entrances to the Wissahickon, mm. um, and so, and I, I challenge folks to run off of Forbidden Drive, so go on to the side trails up from Forbidden Drive and really explore, and I, again, would challenge folks to look at it, not just right now, where it's lush and green and beautiful, but come back in the fall and the winter where the leaves are gone, and you get these incredible views over the park, and you don't even realize, like, there are trails up there looking down on Forbidden Drive or on other things. And so I highly recommend coming out to the Wissahickon. There are lots of places beyond Valley Green where you can get in and where you can park. So, um, you know, always happy to, to point people to different places. And then I really love running in Fairmount Park. So they have, again, off of Kelly Drive and West River Drive, there are all these other park roads that you can run on that are less populated. So great for this time, you know, if you don't want to run around people, but also... There are these, you know, historic mansions in East Fairmount Park mm-hmm. that are just absolutely awesome. Um, and in West Fairmount Park, you have the Please Touch Museum and the Horticultural Center and the Dell Music Center and all these great little places that you can, you can really discover. And Fairmount Park actually, they launched today a scavenger hunt, like a virtual scavenger hunt thing. Um, so you can go and learn a little bit more about these sites that are in the park while doing this scavenger hunt. I signed up for it, I mean, it's free, like, but I downloaded the app, and I don't know what it's going to be, but again, like, there are so many ways that you can discover, and you don't have to run to do it. You could walk to do these things. You could bike to do mm. these things, you know, and I think the scavenger hunt might actually be a little family-friendly, depending on how old the kids are, but again, it's like, the city has so many things that it's trying to do to get people moving, and I think if you're just, if you do a little digging in, like, Fairmont Park, or you look at, like, the different friends groups around, you can see what those opportunities might be that don't cost anything, which is nice. Yeah, that is so cool. I'll have to, I'll put the link for that in the show notes yeah. because that sounds really neat. Cool. <laughs> um, what other projects are you working on right now? So, you know, I've got some time on my hands um, since I'm not at the stores right now. So I've been doing some leadership development with um, reading books by Brené Brown. Um, I'm actually doing like work booking through that with a couple folks. And then, with Students Run, we are doing a little bit deeper dive in mentorship this summer with the students than we would normally since we're not doing a bunch of event, in-person events and things like that. So that's been kind of nice to, to work with young people. And I love working with teenagers. I think they're so interesting. Um, I don't think they get the credit they deserve sometimes. And so I, it's really fun to hear them talk about like what they're experiencing and what they're seeing in the world. Um, and also encouraging them to be active and fit and healthy and, and that kind of stuff. And then I've never been a podcast person, but I've started listening to a bunch of podcasts this <laughs> summer, this spring and this summer. Um, I even got like a good pair of wireless headphones to do so. And and I just like find that to be very edifying in a way that's a little different than reading a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you just take the information in differently. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm going to do my three wrap-up questions. I'm so excited sure. to hear this from you. <laughs> sure. Uh, what stretches are you doing in your own life? So um, 
I took this in two, this question kind of in two ways. So I have uh, like a literal stretch. I've been working on strength and mobility uh, using uh, the SAM method, S-A-M method by Jay Johnson. So it's after every uh, run, there's a short set of um, exercises that I'm doing to try to, to work on my hip and my back mobility and strength. I had a little bit of an issue in the spring where I like threw my back out and I was like, oh, I'm 40 and no, I, I really need to work on that strength and mobility. So that and, and incorporating the more yoga, reincorporating it, I should say. And then I've been doing personally a lot of work and kind of stretching myself in the social justice, move, justice movement that we're having. And so I've been doing a lot of reading around anti-racism and those concepts and trying to, to be a better student of that thought process. And it's not easy. Like that's kind of a messy thing in so many different ways, which could be a whole other conversation. But those, those are my two big stretches. That's awesome. And I love how you put both of them because it can be very literal or it can be so much more. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes um, this so important is that the people who I talk to have both, like they're stretching mm-hmm. themselves to make society better. And by reading about how to be an anti-racist and tackling that issue is so important. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is something you are enjoying doing in your life for you? So I really love solo walks just that time by myself and when I lived in the city I used to walk a lot more for work I'd like to go to work and things like that and, and out here we're a little bit more reliant on cars and buses and things so I've made myself do those long solo walks where you can have that headspace and sometimes I listen to something and sometimes it's just me and and again I live by the whist so it's me and the birds or whatever's out there um, but I didn't realize how much I missed those and how important they were for me until I started doing it again, and I was like, ah, this was missing. Yeah, how great is that to clear your headspace? Like, mm-hmm. And what's something you can't stop talking about? So uh, there's a couple things. Uh, when I was first thinking about this, the Hamilton uh, film had just been released, and so no joke, almost every long run I go on, I have that soundtrack stuck in my head. I don't listen to it. Like, It's not like I'm listening to the soundtrack. It's just there. Um, but I do find it fascinating in so many ways. Um, Brené Brown started a, a podcast this spring called Unlocking Us, and so I am recommending that to everybody across the board because I just think she's got some really interesting topics. Um, I have a little summer uniform, which is these Wazelle, uh, the brand, which is O-I-S-E-L-L-E. They're pocket joggers, which are these shorts, and they have giant pockets on either side. They're for running. I wear them like every day, just walking around. Uh, they've got giant pockets and a zipper in the back. And I have seven pairs because I love them so much. And then my last thing are um, a supplement called Sport Legs. Uh, and I've been recommending those to anyone who's doing endurance uh, training. It's just calcium and magnesium and lactic acid. So it helps to prevent lactic acid buildup for those long efforts. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine turned me on to these last summer and I have to tell you Jen like it's incredible that feeling that achy feeling I do not get that in my long runs if I take these um it's just sure you get sore and you get tired like you can't prevent that but that kind of ache that you start to feel especially towards the end of maybe a marathon or like a long run long bike ride just does not happen and maybe it's in my head I don't know but I will recommend sport legs 
to anybody until the day is, is done. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. That's awesome. And I love, I don't know why, but I love the uniform. Like that, <laughs> like this COVID summer life uniform, I, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to make that many decisions in the day. So if I'm like, I'll put on a pocket joggers and a tank top and a sports bra and we're good. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for being on this episode. It was so great to talk to you. Oh, what a pleasure. This was a real joy. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amanda. It's definitely getting me thinking about what else I could be doing right now to make a difference in the community, the running community at large. And now that a lot of the races in the fall are canceled or virtual or postponed, it's making me think, should I do something like a virtual 50K? So if anyone's interested in doing that with me, please let me know if you would like to train for one. I'm definitely considering it and it's a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but I think it could be really fun, especially if it's not necessarily time induced. So I wanna do a meditation that is inspired by Lori Bregman's book, um, The Mindful Mom-to-Be. Don't worry, it's not a pregnancy meditation necessarily, but I love this concept about pulling weeds and getting rid of things in your life that no longer serve you or don't benefit what you're hoping to attain. So come to a comfortable seated position. This could be sitting in a chair at a couch could be on the floor, cross-legged. And begin to turn inward here. Starting to bring awareness to your own breath. Maybe starting to slow down the breath by breathing in for two, three, four, exhaling two, three, four, inhale two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four. And just take a breath in and a breath out, bringing your breathing back to normal. I want you to imagine that you're in a garden. It could be your garden, a friend or family member's garden. It could be a garden from your mind, a fictitious place. And just notice all around. Notice the beauty. Notice the different flowers. 
you went into a vegetable garden, notice the different vegetables. Look around. Start to notice the different weeds sprouting up. Maybe some of them blend in with the garden and don't need to be tended to. Start to put on some gloves. Begin to pick the weeds out. Let it be easy for now. Let this be a simple task. We all know that sometimes the garden can have impossible weeds. But for now in your meditation, See yourself doing this easily. How does the garden look? Do you have more space? Did some of the weeds prevent the flowers or vegetables to grow to their fullest potential? And now take a moment to turn inward. How about the people and things you surround yourself with? Are they feeding you? Letting you become the best version of yourself? Or are they depleting your energy? How about your own patterns, your own habits, your own thoughts? Do you need to pull some weeds around this area? Start fresh. How about your home? The rooms, the closets? Is there stuff just lying around taking up space? Maybe not impacting your life in a positive way. Gently start in your mind to pull out all the things you don't need. The things that no longer serve you. Notice the extra space.
giving yourself, giving your garden an opportunity to grow healthily in the way that serves you. You're welcome to stay in this meditation as long as you'd like. Thinking about all the different weeds that you're pulling. You're welcome to just take a breath in and a breath out. And gently open up the eyes, returning into the room. so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. Let me know if there's anything else you want to hear about on this show, anyone I should be reaching out to, and most importantly, let me know what you think of it. Give me reviews on iTunes, Spotify. Connect with me on social media. You can follow me at Jennifer McCracken on Facebook, FitFam Conchi on Facebook and Instagram, and JenniferMC3 on Instagram. Have a wonderful day.